Welcome to the Annie Jennings PR Teleseminar Series. My name is Stacey Amaral Kaufman. I'm the Radio Director for Annie Jennings PR, the innovative national publicity firm that is famous for creating powerful top market radio, TV, print, and online media campaigns, all with guaranteed deliverables. And we welcome Annie Jennings, of course, who has tremendous experience pioneering new publicity concepts to help others live their dreams and see their mission in motion. Annie has been a featured expert in the national media, including Fast Company, Inc. Magazine, Entrepreneur, Us Weekly, TheStreet.com, and an invited speaker to NYU's publishing program, The Harvard Club, ASJA, and much, much more. So, Annie, welcome. Great to be back. Well, thank you, Stacey. It really is wonderful to be on the line today. And I just love all my authors. I have to tell you right off the bat, I love you guys. All right? And I love that you're here today because, you know, we've been in business. Everyone who works here has been in business for 10 to 15, with me, 15 to 20 years. And there are some remarkable people who really have learned learned the insider secrets to being a very big success using PR to help propel your careers. I'd like to introduce Stacy. One of my favorites, <laughs> Stacey Emerald Kaufman. She is our radio director, and she's very instrumental in getting you booked on the major shows that really can add value, power, momentum, credibility, and clout to your bio. Very, very strong publicist for our firm. She's also a contributor to one of the biggest radio shows in the country. She's also a columnist for one of the top major city newspapers. Now, this girl is going somewhere. Now, we'll keep her with us, always. But what we're going to encourage you, similar to Stacey, is to build out for yourself, to keep building, never give up, always continue to go on, because we're going to share the secrets of really what do make a top-level expert, how to make all this this book writing. We're talking about entry-level publicity, and we're assuming that everybody has written a book. Your book can be so much more than just an entry-level. In fact, we'd like to skip entry-level altogether, but we won't. We'll give you some basics today. So, Stacey, what is an entry-level author? Well, an entry-level author will fit the following description. They're going to be, of course, just publishing their first book, and you have the book, it's done, you're waiting for the manuscript, everything is coming together for you, and you're asking things like, okay, I've got a book, I'm an author, but what now? What do I do now? And so, yes, you are an entry-level author if you are a first-time published uh, writer, also an entry-level expert as well. This applies to a lot of different people out there. You're considered entry level if you don't have any experience in talking to the media and the way the media cares about. So you may have a PhD or an MBA or another advanced degree in your area of expertise and think you're an expert in that field, but you're still entry level when it comes to publicity. So we're talking to authors and experts uh, in this space. Now, as an author, you would be extremely lucky, very lucky, to have a publisher, right? They might include an intro PR package when you are done, when your book is ready to go. That could be press release distribution. You have an offer to give the author, give you some contacts to work on your own. So as an entry-level author, this may seem exciting. And it is. It's, it's good. Everything that you can do 
to promote yourself in this space is excellent, but the strategy is flawed, such as mm. reasons or four reasons why the press release distribution uh, is what we call, and I know Annie likes to talk a, a lot about this, passive PR. And of course, working the contact list is a lot harder than anyone thinks. Annie, do you want to talk a little bit about the passive PR versus active oh. PR? You know, I, re I really like this because passive PR is something you fall for. I know, right? Why do I say it like that? I say it because I'm such an advocate of active PR. Activated is, active PR is you out there living your book, your passion, your dreams, your messaging out loud. It is you presenting your material. Passive PR can, and there may be a place for it in a strategy, because not everything is just, you know, you know, black and white. There are shades of gray. Uh, and it's very interesting to note that with passive, sending out a press release distribution that results in something like 100,000 impressions, 200,000, a million impressions, that, that's supposed to make you feel good. <laughs> and I don't really know how that makes you feel good, because guess what? A lot of your blood, sweat, and tears went into writing your book. It's not easy to write a book, as we know. And and yet nothing really happens but impressions. Impressions are something that went somewhere and turned up somewhere on some Internet site, but no, but nobody clicked. Nothing happened. I'm not saying I'm against. That's a whole other conversation. I'm saying that as part of a strategy of be, moving from entry level to intermediate to advanced, we have to look at entry level as just what it is. It's a place to get your feet wet and not fall for something called passive PR and think that, that you're doing PR because you're really not. You're not doing the type of PR that's going to propel you up the ladder, the ladder being the, the media ladder that's going to get you to the top of the media where factors that we can't control actually come into play at that point, things like credentials, things like demand for your topic, okay, things like when you work with us, we're pay for performance, as you know. We're guaranteed deliverables, as you know. What kind of money do you want to invest in yourself? These are things that are outside of our control. But the idea is to move through the entry-level phase as quickly as possible. We're going to get to some basics of entry-level, of course, but passive PR is when nothing really happens, but yet something happened, like a press release went out, but unfortunately everyone said no. Passive PR is signing up for a retainer base PR firm where you're paying your five to $10,000 a month. And I won't even say the word, quite frankly, T-R-Y. I spell it now. Where mm -hmm. they will T-R-Y, and they should. They'll, they should T-R-Y to get you media placements. That's month one, right, getting to know you a little bit. Month two, promoting. Promoting uh, to the media, T-R-Y-ing to get you placements. And then the third month is, oh, gosh, sorry, everyone said no, practically. Maybe some lower-level media, but media that's meaningful to you and getting you out of the entry level may not be exactly what you're looking for. And that's passive PR, and I don't want to see that happen to everybody. Active PR is a way of you're moving yourself very quickly out of the lower levels of entry level, and you're moving rapidly towards the higher levels. And guess what? You can do this. We do this for our authors all the time. Entry level for us just means, okay, they're just getting started. They need to have some assets in place, such as websites, and we'll get to that momentarily. And then they just really need to know how to propel themselves throughout the entry level 
the entry level process so that they can very quickly move to intermediate and then eventually to advanced, which is really you know where you want to go as an author. So it, so one thing we have to say is that the passive PR will keep you down. It'll waste your time. It'll make you think like you're doing something when you're not doing something. Mm-hmm. Well, let me ask you a question. If you're on a radio show, and one of the branded radio shows, that is something that is actually going to move your brand forward and stronger and give you a media asset that you're proud to leverage into other opportunities, that's where you want to be. Is that better than passive? Absolutely. That there's one important thing about about being in this entry-level stage. It is so exciting. You guys have done a tremendous job for yourself. You've overcome all the barriers to entry in, in, in publishing. You've overcome writer's block, I'm sure, many times. You've decided what you want to write about. And there's many reasons to write a book. It's the, Some are memoirs. Some are dedications to their children. Some are business books. Some are stories. Some are fiction. Some are self-help. Some are cookbooks. There's so many reasons. I'm an advocate for writing books. And you know what else I like? I like companies to write books about their history. That is the founders, the principles of the company, and how it grew over the years and what mistakes they made, et cetera. See, what this type of book is very interesting. Think about how that can be, be leveraged into other possibilities. We're all about leveraging our media assets here. You can leverage that with your clients. You can leverage that with your employees. How many employees really know the history of their firm when they get hired? It's not something that's generally presented in the hiring process. But to have these books given to each people in your company, they'll grow in appreciation and perhaps perhaps a dedication and loyalty to your firm because they can see like how this how this firm developed and came to be. Now I know Stacy that you do say that these are this is exactly where we, you know I've given you some some, some you know the challenge of everything and mm-hmm. of passive PR versus active PR the fun stuff you know what do you think about uh, about the amount of authors out there and how that impacts right. our entry level expert. Well, Annie, that is a really good point, great question, and something we talk about all the time in our industry. Bowker, an industry standard, they are reporting that over 5 million non-traditional books have been published over the last several years, and that number is on the rise. So if you think about that, that is right a herd of elephants trying to get through that keyhole for authors seeking PR opportunities. There is a lot of competition out there. So as we're moving forward through this conversation on entry level and how to get yourself built up, the key and the desire is going to be to create that competitive edge for yourself as you move through the entry level, intermediate into the advanced level, authors and experts. So yes, there's a lot of competition. That's why active PR, as Annie mentioned before, so, so critical in your strategy here. Uh, but it's it's not all bad news. You know, there's a lot of good stuff happening here as an entry-level author and expert. It's where the fun begins. You get to start reaching out and build up your media bio, website, social media, blog, all of these things you want to have in place for when your book is published and released, so several months beforehand. But when you're ready to go, you feel that desire of making something more of yourself. It's an amazing feeling, and it starts right now right here at this level. How high can you go? How fabulous can you be? It's really 
all up to you, and it's all starting now. So promoting the book, let's remember this, people, right? It can be fun. It is fun. So you don't want to get locked into any negatives, and we're going to go over this too about what you can and cannot expect from your book. But some of these negatives are, how much money can I make? And we always, Annie, we always joke around about how that answer is, None, really. If that is your number one only goal is to live off of book sales, then you're going to be disappointed. The real question that you need to be asking yourself is how much value can I add to my life and to the lives of others because I wrote this book? Because you have your mission in motion, your message is out there. How can you help people? That really should be your number one focus. So you have this book, you have your your message, your mission in motion, you have all of this stuff, and you have to have some of these other things. I was just saying, your website needs to be in place. So we talk about having images of the book cover. I know we like to have both a web quality image and then a high resolution image, which works really well for any kind of print media placements. You want to have your professional headshot. You're looking like you are authoritative, you're confident, you know what you're talking about, and welcoming, of course, too. Really important to have a friendly face uh, to, uh, to, to look at when you're on the website, which of course is also very, very important. An updated website. You have your book's title. You've got a conversion strategy for the sale. An Amazon link there. Might as well do that. That's where everybody goes. So it's a place everyone trusts and you can buy quickly, as Annie mentioned when we were talking before. You, know, uh, you ha- magically there. have your tea, right? That you just ordered tea. the it's night be, before. It's going to be knocking on my door in five minutes. Right, right, exactly. So those are all things you really want to have when you're talking about creating a community for yourself and for your book as an entry-level author. You want to have the basics in place there, Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn, of course. If you have more of a visual type of book or area of expertise, say uh, if you're a chef, you have a recipe book, you have a cocktail book, a coffee table book, you know, Instagram is also something that you want to have in place for yourself as you build up your social media platforms. Uh, we always recommend having three different bios, three different lengths of the bio. You have a short, very quick bio that the media can use when you're getting out there and you're getting booked on radio, a nice two to three sentence bio, medium, maybe a paragraph long and a long bio, several paragraphs with the least important info at the bottom, because of course they always cut from the bottom and your best foot forward at the top, exactly why all your credentials of why you're an expert there. So, um, you know, those are some of the things that beginning authors and entry-level authors should have in place as their book is published and they're getting out there. They're just starting to market and uh, publicize their book. So that is uh, all very important. I know, Annie, you talk about all the different reasons, and you mentioned this before uh, in brief, to write a book. Um, You know, again, 5 million authors are out there. There There's so many different reasons. Uh, You write, you open up a whole new world for, uh, for yourself. If you're a business person, for your company as well, um, you're able to really express yourselves and use your book for many different reasons. But the one thing you have to decide before you get into the, you know, publicizing and, and everything, you've got your book, 
but you want to decide what you want your book to do for you. You have to decide this right away before you kick off your marketing efforts. What is your, your mission, your message? Why did you write it? What did you want to do? And that goes a very long way in, uh, in, in, your, in your process from here on out. So, um, you know, you'll have expectations. Annie, if you want to talk about some of the expectations that we see uh, beginning authors have and what entry-level experts can truly expect. Well, first thing, if you're working with us, you can expect not to be entry-level for long because that's the worst place we want you. We want you to be moving up that ladder to intermediate and advanced as quickly as possible because, remember, we are in it for you. Our mission statement has never changed. It's always for the betterment of all. So my goal is to move you from entry-level and just to look at each client individual and see what it is they do need to start to develop more fully. And we give you that. We're mentors. We help you guys. The first question to ask anyone you're buying any book marketing services from is, what's in it for me? This question is designed to make sure you are buying deliverables, that is, secured media placements that actually occur. And asking this question makes you sure you are working with the right publicist who can answer the question as it pertains to your goals. This one piece of advice is precious. It will help you avoid wasting your money and instead leads you to investing your money. We'll see the difference. In a PR strategy with outcomes in mind that serve you at your level of achievement, that's called deliverables knowing in advance what you're going to get for your money. It's the difference between spending money and investing. When spending money, you buy it, the money's gone. With investment, you place a value on yourself. You expect to get a return on your investment. A great firm works this way, such as our firm. We're always thinking, what's in it for my client? How will it empower them? How will we move them along? So the next time you're thinking about signing a contract with a publicist, ask this question, what's in it for me? The answers would be interesting because a lot of publicists are going to say, oh, no, oh, no, you've been talking to Andy James PR. But they may also not know how to answer the question because no one's ever asked it. But you should be asking what's in it for you. You do not want to get trapped in passive publicity. Money and time. Money and time is opportunity. You don't want to give your money, time, and opportunity to your competitor. You want it for yourself. One thing to expect, though, and this is going to be okay, it, you can make mistakes, you know, mistakes you can come back from. I'm known as the fixer right now. I can fix these mistakes that anything, anything that's happened to you, I can fix, okay? But any little mistakes you make here and there, they're no, they're no problem for me to fix for you. You know, the fixer can do this kind of thing. So expect to make some mistakes. It's okay. It takes time and knowledge to build the right media skill set to match your goals and objectives. But I'd like to say that the entry level is where you will learn the ropes. Now, this here's the thing with entry level, and we identify it. We identify entry level, and it doesn't matter what degrees you have or experience. Entry level is how much experience you have dealing with the media in a way that they're going to appreciate. So entry level is where you're going to learn the ropes. Learn the skill sets on how to talk to the media. We're going to teach you about how to never say anything you can't prove. We're going to teach you that you're always on the record, always. And never wing it. Always take the time to prepare your answers. 
so that you're strong and powerful and you're delivering outcomes to the media. They're going to appreciate that about you. Now, also, I think it's important to notice, to know this about our firm is, yes, we can take an entry-level author. This is where we specialize and move them up the ladder to their ultimate uh, level of opportunity for themselves. We have a strategy designed in place to build up entry-level experts. And, yes, we do it daily. We think of us as a mentor firm, a mentor firm that wants you to do very well. We look at where you are when you come in, and we identify what your objectives and goals are, and we fill in the middle. What media do you need to secure in order to help you reach your goals and dreams? And that's very strong. That's why I like to say we're somewhat advanced in the way we do business because we're always thinking about what's in it for our clients, and we're always thinking about it for why is it in the betterment of all? How can it help people all over the world? And that really helps us move the client rather rapidly. So one of the secrets I want to say, and before I throw it back to Stacy, is don't stay small. Entry level, okay, what? How long do you have to stay there? A few weeks? A month? Really, seriously, you don't need to stay there that long. Entry level is learning the ropes and having these basics in place. No problem. We can do that. But learning the media ropes, how do I speak to a journalist? How do I respond when someone asks me a question? How do I not alienate the media? This is all going to be taught to you in your entry-level stage. Entry-level, you know what what media matches entry-level the best? Radio shows. But does that mean you have to start with small ones? Now, I respect all media, and I, I really want that out there. Internet, I respect college. I respect shows in the middle of nowhere. But with our campaigns, we, we reach all those shows using the nationally syndicated shows. So with us, you're going to get unlimited media training, which is really going to work out that skill set that you're going to need to leverage later when you start talking to high-level journalists, when you start getting booked on major TV shows. So you see how everything with us is a nice strategy that's intended to build you up level by level. So by the time you get to your highest potential, you're absolutely ready. And that's where I think radio for every entry-level strategy Ditch the passive PR. Say, no, thank you. No press release for me sending out for whatever hundreds and giving me giving me the, the impressions and then giving me the list to work. Have you ever tried to get through to the media? I did once. I pretended I was a client. I said, okay, let me see what the, what the, what's going on. I was half the day trying to get through just the maze of voicemail. It was like, this can't work. This is ridiculous. These poor people. They're, buy, they're thinking they're getting PR. They're buying the list. They're trying it, and they're walking away defeated. And that's not why you wrote your book. You didn't buy your book to be defeated. You wrote your book to be empowered. And under my watch, there's nobody that's going to walk away unempowered. So with that, let me jump it over to you. Yeah, absolutely. You are empowered. And we always say that you should, even though you're entry level, you're here, like Annie mentioned, you don't want to stay here long, but you should expect success. You know, you you should expect a lot. You don't want to accept a lower standard of publicity outreach just because you are new to the game. Everyone starts somewhere. So we recommend that you start by being a radio guest on the the smaller shows initially, as Annie just mentioned, and work your way up to the larger shows in the large markets, the guaranteed radio campaign number one that we offer, and that, that will help you hone your craft 
It's going to add power to your bio. It's a great place to start here with radio. Shows are friendly. They allow you to mention your book. And uh, it's really a, a good place, a good training ground So as you move up the ladder. And when you get that experience, then you can get booked on even the bigger, more prominent shows. But getting your experience is really important. And uh, a, a question did come in from the audience. So, uh, you know, this fits in very well here. What point do you need media training? At what point oh, should you go out there and get media training? That's a question from our audience today. And what we do, and we think it's really important to have media training, we offer all of our authors unlimited media training, which is especially helpful to new and entry-level authors and experts. You need to learn the skill set to be a great guest first, and then promote your book second. Going on a show without media training is a mistake. You don't want to learn anything by bumbling through Anyone can learn the technique to be a great guest. We actually, on staff here, have a former award-winning producer for a top radio station, major, major big brand. So he had 10, 15, 20 years experience in that particular industry. So he's here to help you be that fantastic guest that everyone can be. Like we said, everybody starts somewhere. All right, so you start and, and you do those smaller shows. If you're bumbling through things, okay, fine. You're using it to practice. You're using it to get better. But those Well, by the way, used- if I can interject, they're bumbling through because they're not working with us, their mentor. That's why I love our media training because we're going to teach you everything on the etiquette, the how, to, how to communicate with the journalist or the reporter or whomever you're speaking with, the producer, the host, and how to engage the audience. Now, remember, radio is a triple win. Now, I love this triple win concept because this is the secret. Triple win. The host has to say, you know what, that guy was, that author, that gal, that guy, he was terrific for my show. And you know what he's thinking? I'm going to do everything I can to help him or her to promote at the end of the interview the name of their book and or product. Now, that's good. Now, the host is also thinking, this conversation is terrific for my audience. They're glued on the edge of their seat. They're not going anywhere. This is what media, media training gets for you. Now, also, the triple win comes when you yourself feel that you were able to contribute, you were able to share valuable information, you were able to promote your book and website and perhaps anything else you'd like to promote, and you were really able to get out there and live, listen to this one, live your dreams, live whatever fired your desire for your book out loud. And bingo, things start to happen, believe me. I've got some real stories where people say, hey, I got calls for speaking events. What's going on here? That happens on radio. You reach tens of thousands of people easily. So that's what I mean. You don't have to stay at entry level too long. You need the basics. You need entry level training, media training. Good question. You need to move you very quickly up that media ladder. Mm-hmm. So, Stacy, you mentioned something about uh, the misconceptions about what your book can do for for you. Yeah. Absolutely. There are so many people that we talk to on a daily basis, and they'll come to us with very, very big dreams. And it's okay to have big dreams. We want you to have big dreams. But sometimes these dreams are a little misguided. Uh, The number one, absolute number one misconception that we see all the time is that you're looking, looking to make a ton of money from book sales. All right, so that is something that you, I mean, you you want to, you never want to write the book just to 
to to not see it do well. You want it to do well. But if you are sitting there and you believe that you can make an income off of selling your book, um, that is going to be a no, a big no, unless you're a big name author. I mean, I'm not saying it can't happen, but it, as an entry-level author, thinking that you're going to make a ton of money off of book sales uh, is a mistake. Um, you know, making you a New York Times bestseller, immediately flood your website with traffic, make you an overnight business success. If I write it, they will buy it. All of these things kind of fall under that same misconception that just because you write a book, you're going to make a lot of money off of it, you're going to be famous. Nobody is an overnight success, okay? I mean, I, this is one of my favorite quotes. I say it all the time, that the person that woke up and found themselves an overnight success, that person was never asleep. They weren't sleeping at all. It takes a lot of work to get to that point. And so you have to put that in as an entry-level author you're starting somewhere, but you're putting in the work and you're moving quickly up and getting to the top. Um, so uh, another misconception is people feeling as if the book is going to pay for itself through sales. You can pay for publicity through book sales. Uh, we get that question a lot, doing a percentage based on how much, uh, how many books you sell. That's what, what you're going to pay for publicity services. So it doesn't really work that way. Uh, another misconception is expecting, if you do have a publisher, you're not self-published, expecting a publisher to go beyond their initial publicity plan for the book. They, ha they have a process. They've got a formula. They know what they're doing in advance, and they really don't deviate. They've set a budget, and that's what they do. Remember, the purpose of entry-level media is getting comfortable with who you are, your message, and how it all fits into the media landscape. I want you to avoid the, the time wasters. There are things that entry-level authors do and experts can do that can keep them at entry level for way too long. For example, you may start an Internet show, but you also may hold on to the Internet show too long, and it winds up taking too much time and energy for too little return. For a while, it was all the rage of having your own online show. That was nice. It taught you some skill set. It put your name on the map a little bit. But after a while, it became a burden, and a burden that can hurt you. The benefits start to fizzle out. It's something to think about. Is this happening in your life? What is no longer serving me? You want to open up time. Time is opportunity. Opportunity is advancement, and waste of time means you're going nowhere. Extra time that you have to be in an active PR strategy. We have real stories of clients who are on a radio show, and next thing you know, someone's calling up saying, will you be a speaker at my event? Hey, these real stories are all on our site, AnnieJenningsPR.com. You just look for one of the photos that says real stories and start listening and enjoying. These are all real stories who came to us as ad, entry-level experts, actually. And we were able to build them up to the highest potential the market was willing to allow them to go. And there you go. You'll hear all their real stories at Annie Jennings PR. Look for the navigation photo that says Real Stories and Get Started. You can also go into our blog, which at Annie Jennings PR is your very first link in the navigation bar. You will see our blog. The second link is something called Elite Wire, which is something we wanted to offer to our visitors today, to our listeners today. Annie Jennings PR runs two online magazines. We run JenningsWire.com which is for our feature style author or expert. And yes, the beginner expert, welcome to start there. Our Elite Wire online magazine is for those people who service 
the industry, business, uh, publishing, coaching, book writing, editing, publishing, or marketing, uh, publicity, branding, who have more than five years' experience. Elite Wire is a place where we're going to build a commercial for you. We're going to show, let you tell your audience why you are good. What is your business philosophy? What do you think is the most important thing you can provide to your clients to give them the power they deserve to be successful? We interview these experts with five or more years of experience, and they start to tell you what they feel the true value of their company is. They'll share some intellectual properties, such as some mistakes to avoid or some of those funny things they see, you know, crap happening in their industry. But really, the elite wires, for those of you who are in business for five or more years, have a proven deliverable product. That is, when someone asks you the question, what's in it for me, you can answer that. That's what we want. Elite Wire is a great place to go. Thousands and thousands of page views, by the way. And the, and people coming to this Elite Wire are those looking for people to work with or partner with. Jennings Wire has thousands of bloggers and podcasters. The goal behind Jennings Wire is an online news magazine. And all the bloggers and podcasters agree if they're going to be part of the venue, part of the platform, they agree to share the work of others they find meaningful to their community, meaning your social media is through the roof. You'll be shared throughout, and all because you did a podcast for Jennings Wire. So they're pretty good. We love Jennings Wire. We love Elite Wire. We love our real stories. <laughs> kind of love everything we do. Uh, Stacey, is there anything else you'd like to ask? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, we did ask all of our participants if they had any questions. Please submit, and we have several. So we wanted to get to those to wrap up our uh, teleseminar today. Annie, one of the questions we get a lot, and it was a question from uh, someone on the line today, how do you get an agent? This is where you find your agent. Okay, they make books of agents the whole bit with what they what they what their genre is, where their area of expertise. Agents do have an area of area expertise. They do work with publishers in various segments. Okay, that the publisher does publish in. So those agents are important to find. How do you find them? Who's your biggest competitor in the book world? Go open up their acknowledgement section. And they're going to be thanking their agents. Hello. Thanking their agent. In this day and age, it used to be impossible to get through, okay, to these agents. So you know their name. Big deal. Now, you Google their name. You Google their Twitter. You Google Facebook. Before you know it, if you are right for them, don't waste anyone's time. Remember, you don't want to blacklist your – that's another conversation. You want to keep your reputation strong, powerful, and high in every regard. You want to take the time to target the right agents for your right style book. The best way to do that is find other books in your genre that are similar. Look in the acknowledgement section. And when they say so many thanks to my agent, John Doe, I couldn't have done it without you for seeing my potential. Absolutely fabulous. John Doe. Okay. And they mention the name of the agency. That's who you would attract. But attract when you're ready. Don't attract when you're not ready. Because by the time you get to an agent, you're going to be evaluated every step of the way from, from the beginning of hello. They're going to evaluate you. Hello, people. So you want to be ready. Your website has to be showcased like new. Case in point, real quick, Stacey, I promise. Okay. I was talking to this very accomplished PhD you know, in, in a wonderful topic, let's say leadership, and she said she's expecting a book deal to come in any minute from a major publisher. So I said, wow, that's terrific. Let me go to your website. Well, what I saw on the website was an all squished up old page that had to be 15 years old, and I said, oh, no. This is awful. 
She has no social media communities built up. She's put in no effort over time to improve her online presence. I said to myself, I don't think you're going to get the book deal. I might have even told her that because I tend to become very honest. You know, because you have to look at yourself as a whole now, not just piecemeal. What are you bringing to the table and how do you look online? And when you approach an agent, what proof of concept do you have that your book can make it into the traditional publishing world? What's some proof? Sales. If your print-on-demand book is already selling 200, 300, 400 copies, plus, they're big plus. 1,000, hello, 3,000, you're ready. You're ready to approach an agent. As long as these are all... We, these were all sold using using the power of the marketplace and the demand of the marketplace, and the figures were not manipulated in any way. So, Stacey, that's how you get an agent. Well, there we go. Now we have a couple more questions. So we can go through those quickly. Should authors give away a free chapter of their book? Absolutely. Okay, this is about repurposing. Repurposing is huge, huge, huge. Every media asset that you acquire can be repurposed into more marketing material. And as your mentor, we will show you how to do that should you work with our team. Now, giving away a free chapter is terrific if you have an audience. So if you do not have Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn, start today. You have to start somewhere. Yes, it's embarrassing to have seven followers, two of which your family, whatever. Followers, get out there. We can go into strategy on building followers in another teleseminar. But I would like you to have all your social media community. A social media community is the way you're communicating with with people who like you, who follow you, who think that you have something valuable to say. Is a way to get directly to that person. It's never been done before, as you know. It's a whole new thing, but it's it's huge. Give away a free chapter of your book. Start building your social media community. To do that, you have to make friends. You have to seek out people, like people. Maybe they'll like you back. You have to engage in conversations with people. You really have to put in a lot of work. I mean, the social media has added so much work to everybody's day. Get an assistant that you feel that you can work well with, who can work side by side, and their job is to spend two to three hours a day on building your social media community. And, yes, give away your free chapter. Yes, give away everything your book can be repurposed A free chapter, a free paragraph, a free blog post that comes from your book, it all should be repurposed, repurposed every word of your book. Now, Annie, if I could just interject here, because this actually leads me to another audience question that we did have, how to maximize exposure, and that's why it's so important with the social media communities, to have those all built up so that when you are out there as an entry-level expert, you're able to leverage the brands that you can now align yourself with that you've been Mm -hmm. featured on. So let's say you're booked on one of the major shows. So you can say, well, I'm going to be on this major ABC radio network show, you know, on Wednesday at 10 a.m. Okay, great. That's a that's a nice post. Now you can say, all right, I uh, just finished my interview. Very interesting question. They asked me what was the question. Here was my answer. And then when they send you the link, if the link is available, then you can post the link and say, here's a post to the link where we really talked about the, and you give the juice of the interview. You see how one interview can be repurposed tremendously to all your social media platforms. One thing that uh, that I personally do, every single blog I write goes everywhere. (laughs) Everywhere in the world. (laughs) It's because that's the way it is. These platforms exist. Let's use them to our benefit. Yeah, absolutely. And the last question, Annie, 
is it important to be on the New York Times bestseller list? Well, yes. <laughs> yes, if you can get there legally. And what I mean by legally is ethically. All right, so if you can be on the New York bestsellers list, that generally means you're you're a very established expert and you have a tremendous following and this is not your first book. And the the publishing company does have you in a bestseller strategy where they're going to make sure that you're you're well advertised, you've got the full page ads, you're everywhere, and you've got very good distribution in the bookstores as well, and you bought all the bells and whistles and upsells in Amazon and all the on, of other online retailers. Yes, you really should if your brand. Remember, brands sell books, topics don't sell books, names of books don't sell books. People, the people behind the book. Okay, sell the books. One time by accident, I bought a book by a non-name brand. I don't know how it got into my cart. I got it. I said, what the heck is this? And I looked and I said, how did I ever buy this? And I realized I accidentally bought somebody who had no brand name and the work was minimal. The work was so embarrassing, I, I couldn't believe I bought the book. Okay, versus at the same time buying a book from a major name brand in the industry and seeing the difference in the writing styles and the concepts and the theories and the principles they were laying forth. So remember, brands sell books. So if you're going to be a bestseller, you better be a pretty big brand, and you better be able to have a large social community to influence. That when you say, here's my new book, you can pre-order it, they respond, and they hop on there, and they pre-order it and buy it. So yes, be a New York Times bestseller, but do not manipulate it. We had a guy once. He said, oh, I'm a bestseller, and told us wherever it was. So we went, I did the research. Personally, I did the research. I found out he was on the bestseller list for one week. Did not appear the week before. Did not appear the week after. How often does that occur? That occurs when all the book sales took place in a period of time that was all smushed together to get them enough numbers to be considered on, they didn't even make number one. They made number two. <laughs> and the next week they disappeared. I said, now that's a manipulation, and don't you think the media knows about it? So you don't want to say you're a New York Times bestseller unless you really earned the piece. Because we'll all see through it. What We're not going to do our homework. We're going to vet every single person we work with, and so is the media. And if you're on the New York Times bestseller or whatever, well, that was not the New York Times. If you're on a bestseller list for a week that reeks of purchased, that is you purchase a strategy designed to sell enough books through a certain amount of bookstores that are considered to be the ones that the New York Times looks at or the other ones look at to see the rate and progression of sales. And if you're if you're matching their profile, then they're going to sit, put you on the bestseller list. But don't do that. Earn your way up the ladder. Don't buy your way up the ladder in this case because everybody knows it reeks. It reeks of, of signals that you've done that. So and you don't need it. You don't need to say you're you're, you're an X Y Z bestseller. I tell you the truth. You're gonna hate this. All the other 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 publishers are gonna hate this. No book, no problem. I can work with you without a book because I'm not selling the book. I don't. It's not the book. I'll use the book to discover your work and your principles and your theories and the way that you think. Absolutely, and look for the golden nuggets. True, but I'm really going to be promoting all about you. It's all about you. When I mentor you, it's all about how big you as a person can go, how big the brand of you can really go. Brand sell books, brand sell speaking engagements, brand sell, brand sell business consulting engagements, Stacey. 
Yeah, absolutely. And and we'll go into a lot of that strategy and that process. We've got a couple more teleseminars coming up this week for intermediate authors, advanced authors. We'll kind of get you a little bit more next level in terms of some tips and information. So, uh, and beyond that, we'll look forward to more teleseminars. Again, think of Annie Jennings, as she mentioned earlier, as your PR mentor. Everyone that you work with here has 10, 20, 25 years of experience, and we all love to see your mission in motion. Remember, for the betterment of all, that is our mission statement. So uh, we'd like to thank you all for joining us, and this presentation is brought to you by Annie Jennings PR, the innovative national publicity firm that is famous for creating powerful top market radio, TV, print, and online media campaigns. Again, all of this with guaranteed deliverables. You can learn more about Annie Jennings and all that we do at AnnieJenningsPR.com. Annie? You can be on JenningsWire.com, which you can go directly there, up in the right-hand corner, be a podcast guest. Sign it up. Be a guest. Why not? It's free. We'll do a great job for you. And you can also sign up for our showcase of Experts Elite. That's on the Annie Jennings PR site. Second uh, navigation bar topic in, showcase of the Experts Elite. And that's where, with five years' experience or more, you can be showcased. And that's where people go who really want to hire the real deal. Pop-up publicist, please. We'll get started on that later. Remember, no barriers to entry. People can come up and they can become SEO people overnight. These are not the people you really do want to cut. You don't, you don't want them to cut their teeth on you. You know, let you be their experience. You want to hire the professional. So, yeah, we want to hear from you. Don't forget to sign up for everything we have to offer. <laughs> and we'll talk to you tomorrow. Yeah, all right. Till next time. Till next time. Thank you so much for coming.